0: Hello, I am C-3PO and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. The final 20 of Star Wars The Force Awakens, oh, picks right up in the thick of it. Kylo Ren is walking uh, through this huge open, uh, I guess is it a hangar? like a ship, it's just like a big open space in the enemy's territory, which we've seen in so many Star Wars. Uh, It's ominous and it's dark. And he crosses a bridge and then we see Han creep from the shadows and he walks onto the bridge following his son and he shouts out, (laughs) boom! And then they, of course, have a very tense, deeply heartbreaking face-to-face where Han tries to sway his son back to the light, bring him home, come back home, we miss you uh Kylo Ren says look it's too late for me I I know there's something I have to do but I don't think I can do it and then of course he murders his father and all of sense. us along with him uh and then all, all hell breaks loose which is a phrase that we use all too often in these recaps and uh Rey screams out an agonized no and then there's blaster fire and she and Finn have to run because Kylo is coming after them for a, a fight in the woods yes more importantly Han is sorry uh, Kylo is shot by Chewie's bowcaster. That does matter. That is a very key, key thing. It is. And part of the reason as to why so many people give the next fight scene crap, which is fucking stupid. But yes, Kylo limps towards Finn and Rey. Finn and Rey are running towards the Falcon. Uh, and then Kylo cuts them off because he knows some passageway. Uh, he's bleeding like a motherfucker, but is just pounding his wound to make it fuel his hatred and anger. Mm. Uh, he's pissed off at the two of them. Rey calls him a monster. He throws Rey at a tree. Uh, He calls Finn a traitor again. Uh, They do a little bit of lightsaber back and forth. He just makes Finn look like a fucking fool and then slices him up the back. He's toying with him the whole time. Uh, And then when he gets fed up, slices him in the back, uh, pulls towards the Graflex towards him, but can't do it because there's another force pulling it the other way, and that's Rey, and Rey pulls it towards her, uh, and then the two of them kind of go at it, and Kylo's really just kind of chasing her around. It's a little cat and mouse uh, until... The work of the resistance flying in and kind of flying into the oscillator and blowing it up is now starting to blow up the entire planet from within. And so the ground is collapsing beneath them as they're having this passion-fueled duel, uh, which in fact is Ray's first ever force duel. And, uh, of course, it's uh, motivated through Kylo by a want to lure her over to the dark side. This is always what motivates our bad guy in these final duels. Want to get the good guy over to our side because then we'll be more powerful than ever. Uh, She rejects that. uh, She kind of bests him and then conveniently the ground opens up and she's able to separate from him. And she uh, goes and collects Finn who's unconscious and Chewie guides her over to the Falcon. Is that what happens? Yep. Yes. Chewie picks up. Uh, she gets. She waves to Chewie to get, pick up Finn and bring him to on the Falcon. Uh, and yes, she absolutely bests Kylo. She slices that fucker in the face. Uh, they get on the Falcon and in classic Star Wars mode. Cool guys don't look at explosions. And <laughs> along with Poe and all the other X Wings, they speed away as Starkiller Base explodes behind them. Uh, they get back to Dakar. Uh, it's very, very kind of ominous as they're getting off the Falcon. Uh, Chewie walks by Leia. Leia gives Rey a big hug, even though they've never met. Um, From there, we get a wonderful moment of R2-D2 waking up, uh, C-3PO greeting him, uh, R2 showing the map to Luke Skywalker with the missing piece that BB-8 just so happens to have, and now we have a clear path to Luke Skywalker, and so Leia sends Rey, Chewie, and R2. And so our final shots, of course, involve Rey quietly landing on Ahch-2. Uh, where she traverses the mountainside in search of an encloaked figure who is overlooking a great bluff. Uh, he turns around and it's the face of our ultimate hero, Luke Skywalker himself, looking uh, bewildered at this strange girl who's shown up. She then reveals his familiar lightsaber and she holds it out to him and we cut. Yeah, we get a look of, oh shit. Here we on go again. Face. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> You, bringing me back into this. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, we get a totally different reaction. Do you remember uh, at what point in your first viewing of this movie, it occurred to you there was going to be essentially no Luke Skywalker in this movie? Um, I think the clue in point was Starkiller Base. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Here's the climax, and he's still not around. Yeah, like a lot of people thought Luke was the one who was pulling the Graflex. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Ray. I was... I figured it was Ray. You don't have much time to actually uh, hypothesize anyway. No, Mark fast. Hamill did, though. Yeah, And I've that's heard a, that. I think that was partly what killed him. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have been a badass moment if that was Luke. But it wouldn't have worked because... How did he know what the fuck was going on? He right. just said left. Why did he leave and now come back and no one got him? That doesn't make sense. Right. So it, would have, it wouldn't it would have worked. But well, at the same time, I get why he would have thought that'd be cool. And rarely does a Star Wars movie end with such a cliffhanger. In fact, never has there been such a cliffhanger in a Star Wars movie well, as there's this. there's never been something that's been so literally a cliffhanger. And there's never True. been something that has been so immediate at the ending. No, usually but there's... I th- am your father... Yes, that's right. But I mean, the final shot yes. is oh my god! Nothing that's where close. that's where you're going to end it. Is is like it's almost excruciating the way it ends the first time you it see is, it. It's knowing amazing. it's going to be two years before you're going to get to see the next thing. Um, had the movie just had they not made a commitment to Mark Hamill appearing in this movie at all? And of mm-hmm. course, they had to degenerate buzz uh, the fact that these three people in particular were in this movie. That was important for the marketing and also just the um, the general uh, acceptance of, of this saga you know what i mean culturally oh yeah. well mark hamill's coming back i guess this is legit he wasn't on the poster so we knew he was gonna be small but that's true that's a good point but had they not made that commitment the movie could have more traditionally concluded with ray flying off and you know where she's going anyway absolutely however i think that would have been a huge mistake to just not have him there no no it felt good it felt because like, this was the first movie in so long yeah And that was a level of necessary fan service that completely fit within the story. However, it's interesting because in retrospect, none of us would have thought to jump ahead past that point. We all would have wanted to see right from that point onward. Right. But if you are to do it in a way where you don't show Luke Skywalker, you can't. You pretty much have to cut to right to that point. By them going to Octo, in retrospect, that was their out. Ryan Johnson, as opposed to like it was, yes, a cliffhanger, which means you want the immediate response. But by making it the cliffhanger the way it was, as opposed to just kind of Ray flying off towards Luke Skywalker, it allows you the ability to show. Okay, they've met. Now we can skip. As opposed to they haven't met, we need to show them meet. And so it, it, I, I constantly keep going back to that with like the timing side of things. But no, I i i'm firmly in the camp of it was a mistake to pick up right there oh no that's what i'm saying yeah i think and i we all always say oh ryan johnson's fault but then people like oh jj was gonna put him on the island uh but at the same time by jj getting ray to the island yeah that was the out whereas i've not really viewed it that way before i've kind of viewed it as jj's as much at fault as ryan johnson for picking up right there Ryan was as baited as we all were and right. wanted to hear what happened right next. Right. But the wiser decision would have been to wait. Now I want to talk about the Graflex lightsaber sure. uh in particular, because when she pulls that out of her satchel and Luke can see it in her hand, that's that's basically her that's her um wristband at the club. Yeah. That's your oh okay, I guess you're allowed to have this. And there's also the look of purity on your face. You're clearly not here to kill me. Yeah. Um but we've talked before about whether or not the lightsaber itself has agency, and I think that's a slippery slope. But when it soars past Kylo Ren and goes directly to Rey, mm-hmm. uh, I mean that could just indicate that she's stronger than him. I'll, I can or, get into some agency or, on this. Or, or it could—you could also question whether or not it was repelling Kylo. Like, I don't want to go. It's not just that I want, prefer to go to her. I am not interested in going to you, guy who can stop bullets with his hand and for some reason couldn't pick the thing out of the snow. Uh, no, the, the big thing there is, and they've done a good job of this in canon now, is building the lore around kyber crystals. Mm. Uh, and they've done a good job of expanding that even further out with Galaxy's Edge creation. People can get their own kyber crystals, put them in their lightsabers. It lights up. Right. They've built, done a really good job. And kyber crystals sing to the Jedi when they're when they're hunting for them it's almost like a like similar to the way Rey hears voices yeah that's you could 100% say that's the kyber crystal calling to her that's cool. inside that lightsaber which would make sense i mean there's this whole big weird visiony thing and there's a lot of things that are up in the air but the kyber crystal's singing out to the one they want to claim them the one that they build a force bond with uh, because that's very much it. You could have two people in the same room. We we'll kind of explain why there's so much Kenobi inside that kyber crystal, then, because it was a he was around for all of the history he of the lightsaber. Absolutely, and so that's that is an interesting way of maybe of maybe viewing it is the fact that he's been in battle. The lightsaber itself has been in battles with many a Kenobi, but it, it really is a bonded force between the user. And so it's interesting that like this one like sang out again to Rey and specifically was like... So maybe it was a bit of a repelling, but I think it was more of a magnetic pull where it it belonged with Rey. Right. And the crystal was like, oh, sweet, home. I haven't seen home for decades. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I like to see... more. That's where I prefer and do see more of the connections of Rey to Anakin than any other character. Well, it's funny you so. should say home because... I mean, perhaps the most blatant uh, example of that is when it hits her hand. Yeah. And then we hear the song of the twin sons or whatever it's called. Like we hear Skywalker music when she gets that. That is the force theme. It was actually written to be Obi Wan Kenobi's theme. Interesting. So it was the Obi Wan theme, but George Lucas kind of decided, or John, or John Williams it was probably a co-decision. I don't. John Williams is as important as it, it gets. feels inexorably connected to Luke in the Sand. It, it does, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't know whose call it was. But it was initially Obi Wan's theme, and then it was changed to the Force theme. So it is universally for all the Force, and we will get that probably in everything. Why did it take so long for a Star Wars movie to have such a fabulous duel outside? I don't know. It is, uh, it's one of my. Ab- well, I mean, Mustafar one is outside. It's just different kind of outside. I think it's because there's not like, was the Mustafar thing shot outside? No, it was no. shot inside of a soundstage with a ton of CGI. This might have been too, to be fair. No. No? No, I don't think so. I okay. think this is definitely shot outside. Um, it's just, there's too much realistic, um, scenery and it's too deep there's a really quick duel with Qui-Gon and Darth Maul about halfway through Phantom uh, Phantom Menace on Tatooine and that's technically outside in the like the bright of the day but it's truly only 10 seconds long yeah I mean you have the attack of the clones thing but the lightsabers don't clash until they're inside that like hangar thing with Dooku right so it's it, it definitely builds up I wonder if there are any directly outside lightsaber battles. I can't really think of any, but that's a good point. But that's why this, it just has a, an awesome view to it and why I'm looking forward to the rain one and the, the Ca- Skywalker. The camera work is, is very different from our typical Star Wars uh, duel, which is of course um, obligatory at the end of every single Star Wars movie. We have one of these, but usually, like we said, we're in this big metal shaft mm-hmm. and we can take these wide shots. And this is very close up. You really feel involved in this duel it's yeah it's very close up but it's also it's a chase yep they're like this is only really ever been seen with uh vader kind of chasing luke in empire strikes back uh but at the same time that almost steals a little bit of like horror movie sort of s- style where sure. it's like Vader's the looming shadow in the dark and Luke doesn't know where he's coming from at yeah, a couple points. Yeah, or the killer but- with the chainsaw. Yeah, but like this is interesting because it's like it's Ray running from Kylo and Kylo is this like lurching monster almost yeah. to her view where he's just like. She calls him a monster in that scene. You're a monster. Yeah, like at the very <laughs> beginning, like he's just walking her into the corner um but no i I think it's visually the most pleasing star wars fight there is while we're there i want to scrutinize what you said in the recap about how kylo is toying with finn i didn't really see it that way and i I find it to be a shortcoming i understand that he's um handicapped in this moment and i think that that helps to sell Mm -hmm. first of all his anger and also the fact that he's not um as dominant as he otherwise might be Mm -hmm. but it seems to me kylo ren could squish Finn like a bug in a second. I considering would, he just killed his father, I don't think he's going to be I think he's more decisively going to kill Finn immediately. I would wa- I would watch it again. Okay. I would watch it again and really look at the body language of Kylo. It is relaxed as hell. Mm-hmm. He is like spinning his saber, he's walking around him. It's yep. it's the arrogance of Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace almost. And that's what was the end of Darth Maul. Right. But as soon as Finn gets a little jab in at Kylo, two seconds later, his back is sliced vertically. He ends it like... Yeah, but he doesn't kill him. He could have killed him. He could have killed him, but I think that's the kind of... Does he think he killed him? I think we kind of have to assume that he thinks he killed him. And at the very least, he's not giving up. He may as well take Kara Ray first. Right. He doesn't need to go and like chop his head off. (laughs) no you're right because that'll just make ray angrier with him he still has a slight need to belittle finn so that ray will come on his side but not necessarily murder him maybe you went very quickly over the fact that he's like pounding his own wound where Mm -hmm. he's been shot with with the bowcaster moments before he's like he's making a fist and he's like perversely hitting Uh himself to, yeah, that's right. He's doing the Wolf of Wall Street thing. Uh, and, and I definitely understand and I, I love the, this idea. I don't know if it's confirmed anywhere, but I love this idea that he's doing it to fuel his anger and, and, and rage. I think it most definitely is because of the way that the Emperor has designed Vader's suit. And canonically, Vader's suit is infused with Sith alchemy. And so, yes, it obviously aids in his ability to be stronger. But at the same time, Vader's suit is designed to be painful. Right, so that he's constantly in physical pain, on top of being like in mental distraught at all times. Yeah, and so the emperor restricts some of his abilities. Uh, I actually did a little bit of research on this. Apparently, uh, the droids that were so conveniently ready to build Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith, they're not just so conveniently ready to build Darth Vader. General Grievous was a multi-like decade project. Okay, and he was the the perfection. Of Palpatine. And so he's like, okay, this is perfect. This is what I get if I don't use a force user. Now, if I have a force user, I can do all that stuff, but take away a couple things so that they won't be strong enough to beat me, but they'll be in constant pain so that that inherent Sith energy that they have will be infused even further. And so I just find it interesting that they've built up a lot about the Sith. Inflicting physical pain on themselves. Like Darth Bane, I think he gave himself like lashes. Right. To like just draw out more like physical pain, which can then be turned into dark side force so i do very much believe that that is it's also a monk practice too to inflict pain on yourself in in like well there you go retribution for your sins and, and just like uh what's his face in da vinci code that was yeah silas yeah that's right he would whip himself that's yeah well and this is one of the rare times in star wars where we actually see blood yep. like i think of when the arm gets severed in the cantina scene mm-hmm. which is a mistake now because the lightsaber didn't cauterize a wound mm. um and but you can always say the fact that it's Ponda baba's arm because he's an alien, how do you know that the blood flow does not, is oh, not consistent with a human? In fact, his arm looks entirely hollow, if not for there just a bunch of blood. Uh, I actually want to do a couple trivia here, just so that we can continue to talk about this, and I'm not holding anything back. Um, what are Han's final words? It's my my Padawan. Han's final words. Um, Kylo says, I don't have the strength to do it. Will you help me? I think Han says... Anything? That is his last word. Yeah. Yes. Anything. Yes. Anything. Nice. Um, right now, there's some speculation. Are we shifting gears? We're going to talk about Han now. No, I want to go into my night question. Okay. All right. How many times does Kylo get his skin punctured by the Resistance? <laughs> uh, like including when he's shot by by Chewie and mm-hmm. Okay, so by good guys. Okay, shot by Chewie is one. He is stabbed in the face by ray do we count that as one yep um he is also hit in like the shoulder slash arm i think which is three i guess i'll go with three five it's five finn gets him in the shoulder Yep. ray gets him in the knee the shoulder and the face and Shuey shoots him with the bowcaster okay it is he gets hit five he gets punctured five times and he's still standing until the end except for the face slice this falls in line beautifully with my master question so i'm going to jump right to it okay cool but i just like he is he is not like, well he's being fueled by this pain yes but at it's the helping same, him it's helping him but at the same time it's also physically limiting him and that's totally. the reason as to why he's not dominating these two how many times do ray and kylo ren cross blades are you fucking kidding me just take a guess I don't Uh, expect you to know. No. And uh, also, I counted. Okay. This is my count, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Okay. It was pretty um, easy to count. Four. Four? I don't know. It's 50. 50? They have a long battle in the woods. Yeah. Well, I was just assuming because you said it wasn't hard to count. I was assuming a lot of it was like (laughs) Kylo whipping at the dust of the snow. There is a a lot of of trees. And and I don't count that stuff. And there is also a lot of lightsaber locking. So I just assumed that it went Ray also hits them three times. How many separate times do, do their crazy. blades connect? It's yeah. My 50 guess times. would have been like a reasonable guess would have been like 15. But yeah. like, no, no, I would it, never have guessed it was that many. Well, there's, it's just, it goes in chunks. And like every now and then, like we cut to them and then there's just like a lot. Like, there's 10 in a row. Yeah. Uh, she holds her own, which yeah. is oh, which yeah. is passable. Yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely. We see her kick ass in the beginning. Yeah. shakes with a bunch of bounty hunters. Another um, one? Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, you throw it the other two. Uh. Does Han fall to Kylo's left or right? Left. He does? You knew that for sure? Yep. Okay. (laughs) I can easily see it. I was having a hard time coming up with trivia questions. This was a ridiculously hard 20 for trivia. Right. How much did this movie make at the worldwide box office? Oh, you son of a bitch. 1.8? Nope. It's one of the few movies to cross over the 2B. Oh, is it? Okay. Is it 2.1 or 2.068. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it crossed the 2 billion. It did. What, do you, think, what do you think Rise of Skywalker is going to do? I mean, it really depends on momentum, right? Like, it's it. the reason Endgame made as much money as it did is not because of the hype around it. Hype got it a good chunk of the way at first, but it's got to be really good for people to go back again and again to make that kind of money. Yeah. I think it's going to cross $2 billion. I think so, too. I I think it'll be as good as Force Awakens in general acceptance, and as a result of that, enough people will be... Over The Last Jedi and so keen on all the other Star Wars things coming up and with Disney Plus and the fact that it's the last one and the fact that this has been a year of event movies, it just lines up too well. Back at Christmas, there's no reason it won't. I also just have a feeling The Mandalorian is fucking great. I have a feeling it's amazing and that's really going to put a more positive energy around Star Wars for this movie. I think, I think that they know that. I think they're like, this is going to put us in everyone's good graces and where everyone's going to have a good attitude going to this movie that we feel strongly about. I definitely think they think that. Okay. I hope they're right. Yeah? Yeah. I don't have any doubts, but... I don't. A lot of people ranked like the Mandalorian as the thing they like the most excited for, and yeah, Star weird. Wars. At the moment that's a weird thing to say. But that's people- also those people who say this best Star Wars movie is Rogue One. It's great, no, but like, no, there are people who say oh, yeah, that. There are some people who say that, but yeah. like a lot of people are really excited for exploring something totally new. Sure. Um, at the same time, I'll be curious if they go a long time without mentioning the Force or having the Force be a big part of it. I'm just as long as they bring. If the if I hear if the Force is mentioned in the first episode. I'm good. I, don't, I, I think I'll be down, down with my worries. And Dave Filoni's involved, so I'm not really worried. Do you, about, you think that they'll be gun-shy about the Force? Do you think they want to separate it from the Force that much? I don't know. I just have zero clue, and my worry is that they maybe want to try it. Aren't you, like, interested for them to explore different genres within Star Wars? Because Definitely. That, that is something I think they've brilliantly done with the marvel cinematic universe which a lot of people will accuse of being incredibly vanilla and formulaic and while that is sometimes true structurally and narratively i think tonally and and uh and just aesthetically they've done a wonderful job of making these different movies Mm -hmm. in the ilk or in the tradition of other styles of movies and then blending them together like rogue one yeah there's no jedis in rogue one nope but the force was in rogue one right I don't need a jedi in the mandalorian but the force can't be absent at the same time like yes the force is this kind of mystical thing but it's also like it's religion it's not necessarily like jedi are mystical and the ability to wield the forces but the force itself there are a lot of believers out there and i think if this is post empire like there's too much going on in the galaxy right now yeah. for the Force to not play in in some way, shape, or form. Or a character that we know returning who has the Force in some way, shape, or form. Well, you could argue also that... gets it so well. You could argue that the stakes of Rogue One are high enough that the wills of the Force are going to involve themselves. Yeah, But the Force is virtually absent in Solo. And let's forget the fact that that's objectively a worse movie. But... I don't think the reason that movie is bad is because the force is nowhere to be seen. I, I agree. I don't think that that's the reason as to why it's bad. But I don't know. I, I I would be really worried to see a Star Wars world that, like, if we're getting that much content of Star Wars, like, I don't know, what, five hours for the first season or, like, six hours for the first season, that's a lot of Star Wars with no force. Yep. And we've never had that much Star Wars without the force. So I, I imagine we will. I'm just curious to know what it's going to be right and my reliefs i i am i am stoked for the to i'm just curious optimistically curious about that element of it okay all right that's fine yeah are we done with your trivia questions uh my last trivia question is what is the name of the island on octo in which ray finds luke i don't know take a guess uh island one jaw jo- joe oh. uh it's henry it's, is it really no uh. <laughs> It's Temple Island, Hank. Temple Island's not a great name. No, it's not. That's why I was thinking. There's a chance you could have guessed it. No, I wouldn't have guessed it. No, no, no. Uh, quotes? Uh, sure. Oh, there's lots of good dialogue. Considering it's mostly an action. I mean, there's nothing aggressively poetic or or like poignant to to resolve this return of Star Wars. No, there's no like. There's not even really that many like quotable quotes. Oh, there are some. But there's sure. some good lines. Uh, three PO you mentioned. Oh, my dear friend, how I've missed you is just very sweet. Uh, Your son is gone. He was weak and foolish like his father, so I destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Is is exciting? Yeah, that is a very good line. That is very Sith. That is him trying to convince himself. Sure, um, but that entire exchange is fascinating. Take off that mask. You don't need it. What do you think you'll see if I do? The face of my son. <laughs> Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. That's what Snoke wants you to believe. But it's not true. My son is alive. No, the Supreme Leader is wise. Snoke is using you for your power. When he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. You know it's true. It's too late. No, it's not. Leave here with me. Come home. I miss you. I'm being torn apart. I wanna be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Yes, anything. The question to ask, and lots of people have speculated about this, is what exactly is it that Kylo believes he has to do? Is it that he has to kill Han Solo and he doesn't know if he has the strength to do it? Or is it to do something ultimately virtuous in a much grander scheme? Is is the thing he has to do go against Snoke or do exactly what Snoke wants? The thing he has to do is do exactly what Snoke wants, I think. Okay. I think there's a chance you could see it as the greater, like... I know what I have to do, but I don't know if the, I have the strength to do it, as in, like, I need to kill you. And maybe maybe it's I need to kill you so that Snoke will trust me. Right. there, There is a, absolutely a chance of that. But there is also a pretty good chance, based on the way he talks about Han from here on out. Well, and he's not a guy who is good, but can't shake the feeling that he might be bad. He's a guy who's bad who can't shake the feeling that he might be good. Absolutely. And so... That's bi- his that's his top of mind thing. Yeah. It's for him, it's he doesn't know if he has the strength to do it because he doesn't think he he thinks the light side will creep in too much and won't let him. Right. Uh and so he's he's asking he in his sick and twisted way, he's asking Han, Can I kill you? Almost. Uh and so he has a little bit of peace that although he can't stand his father, he doesn't hate him, but he can't stand like he's he's mad at his father, um he needs to do it. In his own sick twisted way to kind of advance further in the dark side but then it's interesting because you see the way he acts in the last jedi and then kills snoke mm-hmm. so okay did you just need to kill your father to prove something to snoke and then you just killed snoke that maybe the- it has nothing to do with snoke because he just hates his father he just that's what i'm saying yeah so, like under those circumstances it makes a lot more sense that it was he killed his father because he thought it would allow him to sink deeper into the dark side. Right, And then so he decided, well, that didn't work. And this guy's fucking pissing me off. Right. So now let's see if this can work. And it does, kind of. It allows him to then be supreme leader. And he doesn't go with Rey. Right. Do you think we'll find out at any point why he so deeply hates Han Solo? I think we have to. Yeah. Fact that he was absent is shit. So it won't be good enough for you that he just wants to be bad, and Han is is getting in the way of that. He won't let him be bad. It's it's not just like like petulant teenage dad won't let me go to this party thing. Well, it just it doesn't make sense for him to hate Han that much. That much more than his mom. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. also, like, yes, he hates Luke the most mm-hmm. by a landslide, but it doesn't line up with the things we know as to what caused Kylo to turn. Right. And, but we do also see in like the Snoke comic that I'll chat about in a little bit though, that like he has a much softer spot for his father, a much, much, much softer spot for his father than Luke. Yeah. But we've talked about how maybe he's not Han's kid at all. Right. I know. I I still think that would be a very, very cool twist. Right. Um, And that literally I've never heard anywhere else. Well, and that would also, it would just be a wonderful thing where like Han's, his character was, I don't owe you fuck all. Yeah, leave me alone. I don't. I don't have to be anything for you. That's no. how we. That's how we met, Han. Absolutely. And so for him to be the adoptive father of somebody, so it shows so much growth in mm-hmm. that in that character origin that that it's just beautiful. Well, especially if he knew. Yes. Well, exactly. I think. I think. I think that that would be the way to go. If this is yeah. in fact the case. If that would be the case, it would make it would be better. You're right. For him to have known. All along that Ben wasn't his son, although at the same time, well, that would make that sign that that line, uh, "the face of my son," yeah. would be even better. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting. Definitely would make uh, the people who can't stand that he killed his dad. Now, I will say, having seen Han Solo murdered twice today, I watched this twice today. Yeah. Uh, I'm never gonna, I'm never going to be able to accept. And then he turned good, and then he died the end i i don't think i'm like i it is just one of the most horrific dis- despicable things to ever happen to a cinematic hero mm-hmm. it and when i say despicable i i just mean gut-wrenching yeah um I literally do, it's, it is frankly it is unforgivable mm-hmm. and I, I don't know where to go from here no it, it's it's really tough i mean Master Skywalker there's too many of them <laughs> I mean he killed a bunch of children and we were able to get over that but you well, we didn't know those characters no. and there is something to be said about the fact that Kylo just kind of walks in and kills Han I mean we wanted it like Han like Harrison Ford wanted Han to die and it works with the story and everything but how do you redeem Kylo in a way that is it like him coming back is it I I don't know if he does fully get redeemed. Maybe he does have a slight like a different approach to the world. Maybe well, it's not that he wants like maybe he decides no, he rejects Palpatine as well. Right. But continues to reject everything. And traditionally the first installment of a Star Wars trilogy always has a hero dying. Mm-hmm. Um the difference is he's not coming back as a force ghost. No. So so but it he does could it come does... back in a flashback. Sure. And I think sure, he will, but it still hurts that yeah. that he's gone, that he meets this unjust end. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a solid chance we'll see him in a flashback. Actually, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, like it would be even better if it was like flashback with like him and Young Ben. Oh man, like, that'd like, be so interesting. Yeah, that would be cool to be able to. Speaking of the traditions of of these movies, uh, we have our hero in the final duel doing a meditation, which was the yep. case in A New Hope and. Uh, phantom menace Mm -hmm. she just seems to know when she hears the word the force and that's actually some good dialogue by the way uh you need a teacher i could show you the ways of the force and then it occurs to to ray the force and she just kind of stops she just knows to stop and close her eyes Mm -hmm. and she summons her her strength and she ultimately wins the duel Mm -hmm. yeah it's something that people kind of relate to the uh obi-wan kenobi theories Uh, but at the same time if you look at her fighting style It's the same as Palpatine's in Revenge of the Sith. That's interesting. Yeah, it's completely a spearing style. Yeah. She goes in with like kind of that high approach where she's holding the saber high and coming in with a pointed angle as opposed to large wide slashes. Palpatine's the only other Swordsman never do that in Star Wars, right? So it is kind of interesting in that way Any quotes that you think stand out as the obvious title of this episode? We're not done yet It's one of my favorite Adam driver moments in all of Star Wars In fact, it's just such a simple line that doesn't have any like poppy words in it but the, the, the line reading it's just it's off the charts. We're not done yet. It's just seething with it is, rage. It is. And I don't know how he decided to to deliver it that way, but it's it's powerful. Oh, he's phenomenal in yeah. these He's phenomenal in the whole fucking movie. It's yep. ridiculous and to be honest, Adam Driver should get all the Oscars this year. Just nominate he, just nominate he, just him for All of his performances. The best lead actor and best supporting actor actor, uh, categories are already stacking up. So it's never going to happen. And there's also, there there is the risk of auto cannibalization when you have too many good movies uh, come out during Oscar season. But he could conceivably deliver three Oscar worthy performances in the final quarter of this year. Damn. Well, it's well timed. Oh, it is. And and he, I heard it mentioned on the ringer this week that uh, Bill Simmons said he's the next Pacino. And I think that's, I think that's accurate. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty high praise, but he is unbelievably good. So good. And especially in this 20. So, so um, Sorry, title. That lightsaber, it belongs to me. Yeah. And going back to our discussion about about what the lightsaber truly means, mm-hmm. is that just because I'm a Skywalker, I'm entitled to that lightsaber, or is it because it distinctly has powers that I need? No, it just... Uh, oh, maybe. Um, I thought... It, I, I've always viewed it as... It was Vader's. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I have Vader's helmet. I'm a collect... Like, it, the character was built to be like the Force Collector, a relic hunter, uh, but at the same time, uh, I think there is definitely, definitely some credence to the theories of the lightsaber being a key. Yep, and I think that could be very cool. Um, like, imagine if like Palpatine like taunted Ray like to destroy something with the lightsaber. Yeah. That that was something that like released him of sorts or something along those lines that it it is needed or the emperor did something with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, who knows, but for the most part, I just assume it's the Vader obsession. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, I, I like that one. That lightsaber, it belongs to me. That lightsaber, it belongs to me. Come get it yeah you want to go with that sure that works for me uh a couple of uh, little nitpicks like just little things that are, are not a big deal um the lightsaber does not look to be pointed at han and then it goes right that through his true. stomach that is true it's something that has always stood out it's to me it's always stood out to me as well and because they specifically did not want to make it so incredibly obvious and they wanted right. to have han's hand on it and so right. what were you supposed to do? have han hold it here well the while he ergonomics are just there there's a bit of a continuity error there oh yeah absolutely um, Leia not acknowledging Chewie after Han's death is I think even JJ said Yeah, that's kind of an oversight yep. Now, having said that Some people like to nitpick the fact that she hugs Rey mm-hmm. And I have no problem with it I think in this viewing in particular I think it's actually beautiful I think, I think it's very decisive and clear That they, they, don't, that they haven't met yep. I think that's the awkwardness In their seeing each other from across the tarmac But they do know who each other is they, they're, Oh, I know who you are no, nah. no, I think they do. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Ray seen Leia on TV. Oh, you, like I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that's all in their expressions. Well, they definitely know who the other is in the sense of Leia definitely knows who Ray is, because right? Because it's oh, Han didn't come back, but the girl they went to rescue did, right? Like, and she has a lightsaber. So I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory in that regard. But yeah, it's definitely an oversight, seeing as she gives Chewie a hug when she sees Chewie. Um, and she's never even met Ray before, but I- I'm okay with it, and we're going to find out a lot more about these two's relationship, and they're supposed to have, a, my guess is they're going to have a very deep relationship in episode nine. Some winners of the 20 for me oh. uh, include uh, Chewie's rampage. Uh, as soon as Han gets killed, he just like goes ballistic. I think that it feels very impassioned. It's kind of unfortunate that Chewie doesn't really evoke any emotions for the rest of the movie. No, but that is a phenomenal part where he just like goes ham sandwich and shoots a bunch of stormtroopers. And then I love the final aerial shot. Like I love that we drone out and we spin around them. I, I just I think that it's awesome. The final shot of the movie where we just like we oh we, yes we that back is a up. phenomenal shot yeah. that is very cool and how it zooms out and it looked like a gravestone for a long time next to Luke and we theorized about that. For That's sure. right, yeah. But obviously it wasn't uh, to our knowledge. Uh, only a couple other things here I have is, uh, I have the, the quote from, uh, from Luke. From Luke? Yeah, that was it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that one right from Mark Hamill. I bet you did. He loves that joke. Yeah, I know. He tweets that joke all the time. I know. It was his, uh, t- it was his 11th favorite Luke Skywalker quote. <laughs> he, he, mil- he milks it. He, oh, he, he does, says, he it... says a lot with a look. Oh, I know. He's, it, it is a. It's a great acting performance it for is. no lines in a couple seconds. Sure it is. It really, really is. Yeah. Uh, and I do have to say, though, Mark Hamill, it's not even fucking close, gives his best acting performance in history in The Last Jedi. It's true. Oh, <laughs> it's I, I know. phenomenal. I know. So that would be a, a problematic thing to say. That's a controversial it would, statement. It would be a controversial thing to say to him. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people. And a lot of people. Although, like, people may not think it's, like, I don't think you can ever take away from how good of a performance it is. I don't think even people who dislike the movie dislike his performance. You're trying to talk reason here. That's true. That's essentially impossible to do to a certain it group of people. Kind of is. Let's let's move on. That's Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, one other thing, one correction is Poe does have an additional call sign other than Poe and Commander. They do call him Poe, though. Uh, yeah, but Black Leader is his call sign, even though there's no Black Squadron. It's Red Squadron, Blue Squadron, but he's Black Leader. Okay. So that makes sense. He's leading nobody. No. But, all right. Um, yeah. So that's it for the twenty. What do we have for news and theories and updates and speculations and all else? Uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, he says he may have time to squeeze in one more standalone uh, film that is not Star Wars. Uh, the truth is, the truth is, they're still figuring out their schedule, uh, their game plan. So if it's possible for me to squeeze in another film, uh, or while working on that, I will. Okay. So that was in regards to Knives Out, and so he may do another kind of random film along those lines i but can't wait for knives he's just kind of waiting about the star wars schedule that's fine yep uh the snoke comic as i mentioned before uh where snoke takes kind of like a newly minted kylo to dagobah to face his fears uh he goes into the dark side cave with luke uh he kills luke in the dark side cave interesting uh and then han and leia show up ah and he destroys the tree oh wow he, de- he can't kill them oh that's so interesting he destroys the tree And then before allowing, like, so Snoke sees him destroy, like, like, connects with him just, like, destroying something. So he rage destroys the tree, and then he blows it up. Okay. Like, he has, like, he does, like, a force, like, shockwave, like, blows the fucking tree up. The the legendary Dagobah tree. He has a temper tantrum. But he has a temper tantrum to kind of block out Snoke's ability to see him not be able to do it. Interesting. But at the same time, Snoke's follow-up is how impressed he is with his his great power and his potential. So Kylo gets exactly what he wants in that regard. And then Snoke also tests him, and this scares the shit out of me. Okay. This scares the absolute shit out of me because Snoke tests him by throwing him off a cliff. Okay. And knowing that he will save himself. Right. And he does. Kylo. Kylo does. Yeah. He uses the Force to soften his to landing. soften his landing okay uh oh uh, you know why i'm scared you're scared that palpatine yeah does the same thing yeah the fact that they brought back darth maul in a movie and the fact that they added that in a comic and the fact that darth maul the other big rumor here is that he's going to come back as a main character in a tv show and so i am worried it's no i'm not it's it's like you it's like you said he falls into a reactor he does he gets he gets fucked yeah. and, and he explodes in an eruption of energy it's it's not it's not like he just falls down and then the the you could and it would be better than having it like just bracing his fall by like softening the blow right. you could have him going through some form of portal yeah and that does work with what's existed in star wars canon through the world between worlds and it's something that can be done where you don't need to explain the entire world between worlds to be able to explain that. However, that means Palpatine's still alive and I don't like that. No, I'm not worried about it. Okay. Good. I I really really hope that's not the case, but I just I don't like I hope that having all of these signs is not setting precedent in the wrong way. I mean, I guess you have to define what you consider to be still alive because we know that Palpatine is still alive and that he's out there his body. Cu- wreaking havoc. Yeah, his his body. That's like, the big that's the thing. Like vader had to have he he killed him yeah george lucas said that yep so his still wreaking havoc can't be as a an like a physical person right that's just that's just in my opinion so although you're not worried about it i'm more worried than you maybe so yeah but i just have to have faith because i think that that's such such an obvious one it is obvious and so i definitely hope that's not the case um, EW asked John Favreau if characters Thrawn or Mari Jade could find their way into the Mandalorian uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about anything that might be fun for people to discover We do have conversations Part of what's fun is to see if the worlds uh, can merge from the original trilogy The prequels, the sequels, the Clone Wars And what's been considered canon up to this point And what's been considered legends I think the show offers an opportunity to bring in all those elements So no matter what your flavor of Star Wars ice cream you like There will be something to enjoy but you're asking the right questions. Oh, that's great. So maybe, maybe that, uh, maybe that's how you bring the force into the Mandalorian. You bring in these other Jedi characters. Oh, yeah. I, I, you, you don't need to bring it in like a super direct way. Like, there's so many different things you could have it as just a fleeting couple episode things, sure. or it's just an interaction. But it's interesting that those were the characters that people mentioned: Thrawn and Mara Jade. Now, those could have just been character mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, for examples. Uh, there are tons of characters Dave B- Dave Filoni has created that would make tons of sense because Dave Filoni's working on this directly with Jon Favreau. Ahsoka Tano, her? Ahsoka would make sense, uh, potentially. Yeah. But most likely Ahsoka at this time period would be off searching for Thrawn right. and Ezra okay. in the outer unknown regions. And so what would make sense are any, like every single Mandalorian character in Star Wars, Um That's canon star wars i don't know if any of them haven't been created by dave filoni okay um and when it comes to all of the scum and villainy and hondo hondo is a phenomenal character he's uh he's a pirate uh, and he's just this. Go- he's voiced by Jim Cummings. He's this goofy guy. Oh, okay. uh, he's a phenomenal character. That's Winnie the Pooh for yeah, those he, he was in the know. Cl- he was in Clone Wars and Rebels, and he's one of the main characters at Galaxy's Edge. All right. So he, like Rise of the Resistance, which is a new ride. I think he is like, like the, that's the big flagship ride with the Millennium Falcon one, and he's involved in that of some sorts, or maybe he's involved in the Falcon one. But actually, let's shift into that, into the Rumorverse, because tv show galore so i heard the rumor that there were actually a oh, ton boy. of them in like serious development right and then i heard some rumors as to what they were kind of starting to be so it started i noticed on uh instagram or facebook or twitter one of the two uh and then didn't really circle around for a while but ray park shaved his head yeah yeah, and he had he put I forget what. Let me check what his tweet was. What a funny thing for like to be your burden. Like if you just want to shave your head and suddenly the internet goes crazy. Yeah, Ray Park shaved his head and he put hashtag Bring Me Back to Dathomir. Oh, okay. Well, he asked, <laughs> he asked for it then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like getting back in shape after two weeks off because he's a beast. But at the same time, the rumored TV show is converting the solo spinoffs into right. a tv show you know what based I, on crimson dawn darth maul and probably kira i just find it so funny when these famous people get bored and they decide to fuck with fans they just like it's the power they wield like about a month ago um it's less him fucking i think it's more of him throwing a bone yeah sure there's a little bit of that too but like it's it's also a party trick it's like yeah. watch watch me break the internet like yeah. like about a month ago um I don't I don't know the the context surrounding it but a picture went crazy on Instagram of uh uh what's his name who plays Draco Malfoy and, okay. and Emma Watson in their jammies playing guitar in a living room and so who knows what happened maybe somebody's crashing at somebody's house a little visit between old friends but there's just there's for for two fairly private people there's just no way it was it was flippantly put out there. It was, you want to break the internet? (laughs) That's definitely what happened. (laughs) And, and that's what I think probably is, is at least going through Ray Park's head when he shares a tweet like that. Maybe, but he's been such a huge, like in the background, in his like home gym, he has a small little Darth Maul shrine. Sure. Why not? He loves the character. That's awesome. Uh, He stays really updated with the fans. So I, I, I think it's more of a, I asked, and they let me throw out this little bone. Sure. Um, but I think it's great, and the fact that all those other rumors swirling around television, I think it's almost a lock that Darth Maul is going to be in back in some capacity. I hope to dear God it's not for Obi-Wan, yeah. but I don't think it will be. I think no. it most definitely will be uh, spinning off the character with the solo like some of the solo characters. Oh, I definitely want to see more of that. And they kind of set it up. Well, exactly. And that's why they're... Because the same thing, Moby-Wan was a movie and then they converted it. Yeah. Uh, another one that I've heard which worries me uh, would be Young Yoda. Oh, yeah. That was one that was a theorized movie a, a, a long back, a long while back in development. Uh, and so I'm hoping that that's not converted, but there's a I chance. I don't think people would want to watch that. Like, I know we all love Yoda in small doses, but like... I think the masses are going to be like, oh, I'm not watching that. It would be, it wouldn't be like a long thing. It would be like no. a six episode thing. I guess. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Maybe. Like intentionally one season arcs. Yeah. And I think that's okay. In, in that instance, I wouldn't be against it. Yumi Yoda for like clear limited episodes and it's not too, too young Yoda. It's like 20 years or a hundred years before the Phantom yeah, that's Menace. that's different. I don't want to see boy Yoda. No, fuck that shit. No. No, he needs to be an old fucker. Not, right. Don't make it 20 years. Make it like 150 years before Phantom Menace. And that's, okay. And that's still old Yoda. Rising in the ranks, still like... Well, you can even still make him Grandmaster. Yeah. Because he was Grandmaster for a fuck ton of time. Yeah. He, um, he even, what's the word, uh, abdicated it to Mace Windu at one point. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I forget exactly how it worked. Maybe not gr- like. Head of the Jedi Council or something. There's two really main ranks, and he did abdicate one to Mace Windu at a point. Grandmaster's not a term I've ever even heard in reference to Star Wars, except I guess I just knew without having to ask that that he was head Jedi. Yeah. Um, But that's the term we use, Grandmaster? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Grandmaster Yoda. All right. Uh, And yeah, there's another head term as well. And Yoda was both and he abdicated one to Mace Windu eventually. Okay. What what are the two distinctions between those responsibilities? Is one more military and the other is more I think one prayer is, based or something? I think one is more prayer Spiritual. force based and one is more um political the, Yeah, the council okay. specifically. Gotcha. And so I think Mace Windu that was the one that Mace Windu obviously was the political it took it taken over. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Um, other than that, uh, what was some of the other rumored ones? Oh, this is one that I think there's a zero percent chance on uh, but Mar Jade, yeah, I don't think there's a zero percent chance that they could you know redo the character in some way, shape or form, but I think it'll be really fucking dumb because of everything to do with the changed Luke Skywalker we got right Mar Jade's not gonna be Luke Skywalker's love interest in this, no, and It's not going to be related to any of the same Mara Jade plot lines that were related to the character before, because those are ingrained within the Skywalker saga. Right. They're with Palpatine and with Luke and with Jason Solo, which became Ben Solo. And so there's just no point. Mm -hmm. Why make this character, like, why entangle this fictional legend character into a story that just doesn't work with the character anymore? And so I hope that one's not going to happen, but who knows? Another one which is interesting, which could be done in two totally different ways and seems like the weirdest rumor ever is Dexter. Oh, God. Dexter's Diner. That's got to be a joke. Maybe, but it also could be an animated show for kids. Yeah. Or it could be The Underworld of Coruscant and that that's just like a, a hub. Yeah, I guess and so. And that he's kind of like, he passes on the seedier information. Right. And sort of like, it, it could be something where he's a little bit of a of a light character in a dark dark yeah world yeah uh, and so to be honest i'm okay with either of those i guess it yeah. seems like like obviously it wouldn't be based around dexter but it could be based around his location I'm and in... the nefarious activities so maybe that um well you know movie is being reframed into coruscant i like the idea of like a noir detective show on coruscant yeah i think that's that cool. would be cool yeah yeah do it like that. So maybe that's where you incorporate it. Do it like that. I like that. Not a bounty hunter necessarily, or maybe a bounty hunter sort of thing, but doing it obviously in a very different way than the Mandalorian being been done it. Uh, or maybe you, maybe you make it Jedi-based. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you make it a... Fuck. You, get, you give me a cartoon of Obi-Wan and Dexter? Whew, James Arnold that. Taylor does a phenomenal Obi-Wan right. in the Clone Wars and, and I they would, have a friendship they have a rapport yeah absolutely there's no reason you can't do that and if you made it like obi-wan when anakin was being trained by yoda mm-hmm. so like obi-wan is just like like he's free yeah he's and he's available An- and anakin's like 12 yeah and like not doing constant missions with obi-wan so you don't have to necessarily group those guys i don't know that could be kind of cool there you go we both came around yeah so I, I think that one would be would be much more fun and then there's potentially even more so who knows other than that, the only thing I have is just one kind of theory, small thing I saw on Reddit, and it's really just much of a tidbit. But that we've never seen Zori Bliss's face. No, and her helmet is weird. I've always assumed it was her hair. Yeah, but she could be a Twilek or an alien. Sure, there's no reason and to this be is honest. Carrie Russell. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like a twilight makes a hell of a lot of sense considering that ridiculous helmet she's wearing okay and so i think that would be really cool yeah i'm be, having a hard time be, picturing it and it would also lend credit to pose um sexual orientation mm. providing some level of fluidity there the character lando is i think it's um pansexual okay and so in the sense of star wars that means i mean he's more interested in women right but for him when that was said but for him he does not care what race what species you are okay uh, and so in the book last shot uh he's sleeping with a twilak at the time gotcha and so maybe that's what you do with poe and it doesn't necessarily address the lgbtq but i guess that would maybe dress the q part of it maybe in like it's intergalactic way yeah. i remember that when they made that announcement about lando and and people got upset for no decent reason. No, it's totally it totally impacted their, their life at all. Sure, it does. <laughs> sure, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. Funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, well, I want to wish a couple of happy birthdays. Uh, finally, we have some interesting birthdays uh, in the latter half of September. Uh, this Sunday, the 22nd, a happy birthday to Richard Marquand. Oh, nice. One of the unique distinctions, and he directed a Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi, yeah. right? So that's, where's he? Like, I don't know what he did with the rest of his career, but he did a great thing. He directed he, a great movie. He passed movie. Away. Um, Yeah. I don't think he was that old either. I think he, I don't think I think he passed away in the 90s early 2000s. Oh, that's too bad. I don't bad. really know, but it wasn't like a crazy amount of time after, but he was also known for kind of being the the most uh restricted director. Yeah. <laughs> in the sense that George Lucas made him change stuff constantly and it was well at this point uh, George Lucas was widely considered a genius. Yes, but at the same time, like Richard Marquand was I think got the job because if George Lucas wanted to change something he would be able to make it work. Right. And that was the big thing that George Lucas would do is he would make changes and be like, okay, well, how does it work? And then like, you can't just do that on the time. That's the reason why George Lucas directed the prequels. Yes. So he could just not have to deal with any of that shit. Happy birthday next Wednesday, the 25th, to Donald Glover. Nice. Speaking of Lando, who shares a birthday with Mark Hamill. Ah, man. So that's a big one. Happy birthday. That is a strong Star Wars birthday day. To both of those gentlemen. Uh, Okay, so for um, Gotta Cast One... Uh, I thought I'd make it uh, in the theme of supporting actresses currently or about to crush the box office. All right. Last weekend, the big movie uh, was Hustlers. Oh yeah. This coming weekend, it's going to be Down Nabby. So, uh, in terms of uh, supporting actresses, gotta cast one. Is it Constance Wu or Dame Maggie Smith? Interesting. I thought you were going to say J Lo. Actually, so. no. That would. I thought about that. I thought about her and Constance Wu, and I was like. No, that's that's. I'm sure J Lo's great in this movie, but it, it it would look so weird for her to be in Star Wars. It would be so stupid. And yeah. so I'm really happy you did not give that to me. Yeah. Um. That's interesting. Either would work. It's. I thought like we've never really seen an old lady in Star Wars. I don't like Constance Wu. She was Mothie there a couple months ago, and so that's to a degree something that just turns me off to somebody. And I would. Everybody loves Damek. <laughs> sure. Uh But. You just pick Maggie Smith because she's Maggie fucking Smith. Yeah, she's a dame. I mean, she could do anything, like a Maz Kanata role, but make her a human. Make her, like, bring an old woman into Star Wars. You're right. We've never seen an old lady. Like, the oldest we get is Carrie Fisher, who wasn't old. In, uh, spoiler alert, in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the main character uh, is, like, an old lady who is a secret Sith. Mm. she's a jedi but she's a secret sith except for that she's so old it'd be like when christopher lee was really too old to be playing this great fencer yes but if you do it in a way where you have it as old republic yeah you can have a sith user who doesn't wield a fucking lightsaber if you were removes- they just sit on their high throne and like or you have it someone who's built bit more of like a like an information source who's like a crazy like witch witchy woman like in that um Calypso in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Something like that. I mean, if you remove what you know about Constance Wu's personality, and for all we know, she just sent some, yeah, no, some tactless tweets about her job. Although, a big part of what you love about Star Wars is people being appreciative for their job. I really do. Uh, and that's really kind of what she was guilty of with Fresh Off the Boat. She's a good actor, and she does seem versatile. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. I. It, it, she seems like a good actress. Probably would fit in many different roles right i don't have any strong convictions about her as an actress and so the only thing i have really to go off of is maggie smith well maggie smith of course but also the fact that the thing i know the most about constance Wu is that she's super ungrateful (laughs) whereas maggie smith is like She killed it and brought it for Harry Potter. That's right. So she can do it for anything. And the Dowager Countess, might I add. No, but I mean... Can't wait for that show. Like, some people have, like, a, oh, I'm too good for that shit. Yeah. And, like... Which you, she does, by the way. She's won so many Emmys and never once gone to the Emmys, which oh, is, in a way, it's badass. That is pretty badass, but also kind <laughs> of hilarious. But at the same time, she's British, and so that's a long travel, and yep. that's probably something she didn't want to do. And so maybe she wouldn't want to do Star Wars for that reason, but they shoot a lot of Star Wars in England. That's true. And so, I don't know. I think uh, I think you can never pass up the opportunity to put her in a small part. You would never give her a big part no. just because she can't handle it. Whereas Constance Wu could potentially in, a, in handle a much larger part, but... I'm going to give it to someone who cares. Would you rather cast Constance Wu or Dame Maggie Smith in some hypothetical Star Wars? Let us know by tweeting at recorder66 or emailing recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Let us know any thoughts you might have had on this week's podcast or The Force Awakens in general. That's it for another season. Uh, What, our ninth season of this Podcast, Yeah. Wow. So we start season 10 next week with the first 20 minutes of Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's right. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, So watch the first 20 minutes of that. Send along your thoughts, rate, and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you.